Welcome from all of us at Albuquerque Reformed Church, a particular congregation of the Orthodox Presbyterian Church located in New Mexico. We thank you for joining us for this week's sermon. For more information about Albuquerque Reformed Church or to contribute to its ministry, visit abqreformed.org. And now, we invite you to open your Bible and listen to the preached word. Last time we saw uh, the king rejected by the city and its uh, religious leaders. The lord of the temple came to his temple, but instead of uh, receiving him, they questioned his authority. Now we also saw that Jesus uh, did not answer their question uh, directly when they asked uh, him, uh, saying, uh, tell us by what authority are you doing these things or who is he who gave you this authority? Jesus did not uh, answer them uh, directly, uh, but uh, he answered them a question saying, uh, tell me, uh, I will ask you one thing and answer me the baptism of John. Was it from heaven or from men? They could not answer uh, because either way, they could have indicted themselves. At the end of the day, the pharisaical religion was farce. Uh, It was just a man-made attempt to uh, please, uh, please God and make money off of people. Make money off of people. The temple had just become a marketplace for people to buy and sell instead of a place of learning about God and what he requires of men. But we saw Jesus, the Lord of the temple, coming to his temple, cleansing the temple, and daily teaching in it. He taught in the temple. People came uh, and heard the word of God uh, taught and preached from the temple, uh, from the lips of Jesus. Now, last time we didn't see a direct response of Jesus to the religious leaders of Israel. Uh, But this time we see him responding to them through a parable. Jesus is the greatest storyteller the world has ever seen. He is the greatest storyteller who has ever lived on this planet Earth. He is called the Prince of Parables. He spoke parables about rocks and trees, sinners and saints, farmers and businessmen, fathers and son. Most of his parables would uh, neatly fit in one single page. But every single one of his parables is a perfect masterpiece. It is enough to stimulate the thinking minds. Uh, Every parable of his is a complete unit in and of itself. Now here, uh, we will learn three things as we go through this parable this morning. The first thing, the depravity, deep depravity of human nature. The second thing, amazing patience and the long suffering of God. The third thing, Severity of God's judgment when they fall on obstinate sinners. 
depravity of human nature, amazing patience and long suffering of God and severity of God's judgment when they fall on obstinate sinners. The first thing deep corruption of human nature or the depravity of uh, human nature. Jesus told this parable to the people that means uh, not just the lead- not just the religious leaders alone he spoke this parable mm-hmm. to the people who were around there but as we go through this parable we'll see that this parable was primarily directed against the religious leaders in Israel the note on my bible calls it the parable of the wicked uh, wine dressers but i call it the parable of the murdered son because that is the central theme uh, that is the central theme of this parable jesus is in jerusalem and this is the week in which he will be crucified uh, he will be crucified and buried before he rises again from the dead and here in this parable he tells about the murder of vineyard owner's son which in turn is a prophecy of his own death at the hands of the uh, at the hands of the religious leaders in Israel Jesus began this parable by saying that a certain man planted a vineyard leased it to wine dressers and went into a far country for a long period of time A vineyard is a plantation of uh, grape uh, bearing wines grown mainly for the wine making but also for raisin stable grapes and non alcoholic grape grape juice This was a familiar imagery for the people of Israel People have been making wines at least since uh, 4000 BC and vineyards and wines uh, were not uncommon uh, uncommon for the people of Israel and also vineyard as an imagery was used by the prophets of God to speak of the nation of Israel Isaiah 5 speaks of the nation of Israel as God's uh, vineyard which God uh, planted uh, so he could have the fruit of righteousness but it only produce uh, unrighteousness then in Psalm 80 Asaph praised God for Israel's experience in the Exodus and said you brought a wine out of Egypt you drove out the nations and planted it but when Israel was under attack in Asaph day the psalmist said turn again o god of hosts look down from heaven and see have regard for this wine the stock that your right hand had planted and for the and for the son whom you made strong for yourself so the imagery of vineyard was very familiar to the people of israel as bald eagle to the united states and maple leaf for canada same way the vineyard was very familiar to the people of israel so jesus used an imagery which was very familiar to the people of israel and the people immediately knew that he was speaking about them now in this parable the vineyard owner went to a far country after he leased it to his wine dressers the vineyard owner did not sell his vineyard to them and neither did he transfer the title in their name but he only leased it to them 
they were only stewards they were only stewards and when the time came to receive some of the fruit of his vineyard he sent one of his servants to them but the wine dressers beat him and sent him away empty handed now if you are a lesser and if it was done to you i'm sure that uh, this would be a shock to you it is your own property uh, and uh, you would expect a return from your property as per the agreement because that was the agreement that uh, they would take this vineyard and uh, after a period of time they will uh, return the return to the vineyard owner that the vineyard owner will get the fruit but here we see that the wine dressers ill treated the servants sent by the vineyard owner but despite the ill treatment of his servant the lesser sends another servant but they beat him also and sent send him away empty handed then he sends a third one but he receives the same treatment they wounded him and cast him out now if you are uh, if you are in his place in the place of the vineyard owner i think most likely uh, uh you would go and report it to the authorities and uh, you will send cops but in this uh, parable we see that the vineyard owner does not stops there he sends his own son thinking they will at least respect him and give him his return as per the agreement but when the wine dressers saw this they thought that he is the heir and if they could kill him then the property will become theirs so they cast him out so they cast him out and kill him now it is very difficult to apply meaning to every character in a parable or to find spiritual meaning in every detail but this is a straightforward parable and in it each of the main character stands for someone if the vineyard uh, stands for the people of israel then the vineyard owner is god if his servants refer to the prophets who were sent by god to the nation of israel then the wine dressers refer to the spiritual uh, leaders of israel the people of israel belong to god it was god who had taken them out of the nations to be his own special people concerning the nation of israel god says only you have i known from all the families of the earth the apostle paul uh, in romans 9 says concerning israel that to them pertain the adoption the glory the covenants the giving of the law the service of god uh, and the promises of whom are the fathers and from whom according to the flesh Christ came they were the chosen people and god appointed leaders among them so they could produce the fruits of righteousness and become a light to the nation nations but what did they produce what did they produce they produced violence disobedience and covenant unfaithfulness and whenever god sent his prophets to bring uh them back to himself their religious leaders kill them and now they are on the verge of killing the only begotten son of god what we are seeing is the picture of extreme corruption of human nature 
what we are seeing is a picture of human depravity. Human heart is extremely wicked and by nature are enemies of God. By nature, human beings are enemies of God. If, sin, if, if sinful humans have their way, they would even bring God down from their throne. There is no limit to human rebellion. It is saying to God, not your way, but my way. The very priests, scribes, and spiritual leaders who questioned Jesus' authority, they were supposed to take care of the people of God by feeding the word of God, pruning them, and protecting them. They were supposed to cultivate the people of God for God. But they were using the flock of God for their own benefit. We see something in our something similar in our own culture where we see a drought of uh, faithful preaching in many mainline churches. Those who call themselves ministers are more interested in playing the popular tone of the culture and playing the popular tune of the culture rather than acquainting the people of God with the word of God. The same was the attitude of the medieval church. The priests in the Roman Catholic Church were more interested in their positions and money which they made rather than teaching the word of God to the people of God. In fact, they killed and maimed thousands for preaching the gospel of free grace. Human heart is extremely corrupt and it will do everything in its power to take control from God himself if it is possible. But at the same time, we are also seeing here the graciousness and kindness of our God. The graciousness, kindness, the long-suffering of our God. After the first servant returned empty-handed and beaten, he sent the second servant. After the second servant returned empty-handed and beaten, he sent the third servant. After the third servant returned empty-handed and beaten, ideally he should have reported it to the authorities and perhaps sent an army to destroy them. But last of all, he sends his own son thinking they will respect him at least and give him his due. What is Jesus trying to convey here? Jesus is portraying a picture of the gracious character of God. Jesus is saying that my father is gracious. He is good and he is gracious. He is long-suffering. He is kind and he is not willing that any should perish. He is the God of chances. What do I mean by that? I mean that he is so gracious that he gives multiple chances, opportunities to a sinner to repent of his ways. Some may say that I have lived in sin uh, all these years and I have done uh, many sinful deeds, but God has never judged me. So perhaps uh, God does not care what one does. I can just live my life the way I want to live. See, all these years, I have sinned many things. Nobody caught me. I'm never caught. And because I'm never caught, I can continue to live in sin. God does not care. He does not see. The judge of the earth does not see. But my dear friends, do you take the mercy and long-suffering of God for granted? Do you take the mercy and long-suffering of God for granted? 
The Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 2 verse 4 says, Do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance? The only reason God has not punished you is because he is gracious, long-suffering, kind and loving. He does not want you to perish. He does not want you to perish. On the contrary, he wants you to turn from your sin. He wants you to turn from your sin. The highlight of this parable is God sending his beloved son. God sending his beloved son. This is what Jesus is stressing here in this parable. The owner of the vineyard said, what shall I do? I, send, I will send my beloved son. When Jesus was baptized, God the Father publicly testified concerning Jesus, saying, You are my beloved Son, in you I am well pleased. At the Mount of Transfiguration, the Father again testified of his Son, saying, This is my beloved Son, hear him. Jesus is God's beloved Son. Jesus is God's one and only son. We, we, all, we all are adopted son, but Jesus is God's only begotten son. And the father testified concerning the son, saying, this is my beloved son, hear him. God has sent his beloved son to the world, so the world hears him and saved by him by trusting in him. But are you listening to him? Are you listening to him? Uh, do you rejoice to hear uh, the Son of God? Do you, hear, do you rejoice to hear his words? Or, you, or, or are you in contempt of his words? Are you in contempt of his words? Scripture shows us that there remains a fearful expectation for those who willfully reject God and continue in sin. Those who willfully reject Christ and continue in sin. The writer to the Hebrews in chapter 10, verse 26 onwards, he says, For if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful expectation of judgment and fiery indignation which will devour the adversaries. Anyone who has rejected Moses, Moses' law, dies without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. Of how much worse punishment do you suppose will he be thought worthy who has trampled the Son of God underfoot? counted the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified a common thing and insulted the spirit of grace. For we know him who said, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. And again, the, the Lord will judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hand, hands of the living God. So when you willfully reject the Son of God, when you willfully reject his voice, his pleadings, when you hold in contempt his words, that is as if you are trampling the Son of God underfoot, counting the blood of the covenant a common thing. How dangerous that is. The religious leaders together with the people killed God's only begotten son. 
you could trample son of god underfoot by willful rebellion today he is merciful to you today he is kind to you today he is pleading with you to turn from your sin god is gracious gracious to you he is he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness that means if you turn to him if you turn to him if you ask him to deliver you he will deliver you from your sin and he will forgive you from all your sins jesus said in verse 15 and 16 Uh, so they cast him out of the vineyard and killed him therefore what will the owner of the vineyard do to them he will come and destroy those wine dressers and give them the vineyard to others what did how did the leaders respond they said certainly not do you see the depravity of human uh, heart i believe when you hear a parable like this your sympathy should lie with the vineyard owner for his murdered son and the injustice which was done to him it was he who was deprived of his livelihood it was he whose servants uh, were beaten it was he uh, whose son was murdered but the sympathy of the of the religious leaders lies with the wine dressers the sympathy of the religious leaders lies with the perpetrators rather than the victim this is human depravity are we not living uh, at a time like this when there is uh, more sympathy for the terrorist than a victim there is more sympathy for those who suffer uh, Uh, there is more sympathy for uh, the abusers uh, than those uh, who suffer uh, violence this is uh, this is a picture of human depravity these religious leaders instead of sympathizing with the owner of the vineyard their sympathy is with uh, the wine dressers seeing they do not see hearing they do not hear evil looks good and good looks evil verse 19 shows us that they knew that jesus had spoken this parable against them they knew that their heart was exposed but rather than repenting they sought to kill jesus they sought to kill the messenger jesus looked straight into their eyes and said what then is this that is written the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone whoever falls on that stone will be broken but on the but on whom whomever it falls it will grind him to powder this is a quote from psalm 118 psalm 118 is called uh, halal psalms which is another word for praise many jews still sing this praise on special occasions the religious leaders sang this psalm but never understood its meaning the builders refers to the religious leaders and the stone the son of god the stone which the, which they rejected became the chief cornerstone the one who was thought of despised and smitten by god became the author and finisher of our faith by his death and resurrection the servant of yahweh will justify many 
as many as uh, hears his his word and uh, gives their life to him he promises uh, them to give eternal life and he has promised that they will not come to judgment but has passed from death unto life but whoever falls on that stone will be broken that means if you reject christ you are going to have consequences even in this world you will walk in darkness and you will stumble but if you continue to reject him till the end of the age then a day will come when you will be judged and cast into the lake into the lake of fire for all eternity jesus says but on whom ever it falls it will grind him to powder that means if you continue to live a life of disobedience a life of depravity a day will come when you will be cast into the lake of fire but today is the day today is the day you hear his voice today is the day you surrender your life to him you give your life to him today is the day you come to him writer to the hebrew says today is the day of salvation today is the day of salvation may the god work in your heart to come to him as we pray as the day is called today our gracious heavenly father we thank you for your word uh, we thank you for your son who lived a perfect life and uh, he's still pleading with sinners to come to him lord we thank you for showing us the gracious character of god in this parable how gracious you are lord how many chances you give us to repent of our sin and to turn from it to you trusting and believing in jesus our propitiation from sins but lord how often we continue to neglect uh, your word despite hearing your word uh, countless times we continue to live a life of disobedience a life of uh, negligence a life of uh, a life of uh, sin but we thank you lord that you're you're still merciful you're still long suffering to us you are not willing that any should perish and we thank you for this simple message of the gospel which comes to us on a regular basis we thank you for living in a country where uh, it is still possible for people to hear the gospel preached week after week we thank you that we could gather week after week uh, in the name of lord jesus christ uh, and we could come to church we thank you that we have bibles in our hands lord we pray that uh, we would not be negligent of these uh, benefits of these uh, these things which we have on the contrary we pray that we would bow our knee to you 
and we would surrender our life to our Savior, our King, who loves us and who gave his life for us. Lord, we pray that uh, we, would, uh, we, we would be faithful in continuing to hear your word and uh, we would continue to live a life which uh, pleases you. We ask this prayer in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for joining us. If you were blessed by this sermon, we invite you to visit us at abqreformed.org, where you'll find more information about our ministry. We look forward to you joining us again, online or in person. Until then, may peace, comfort, and grace be given to you through our Lord Jesus Christ.